Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, and this is a good one. So, we've got, I, I want to call it the first of a two-part series, but it's its not really a continuation. We basically recorded some information, or we recorded some conversations with Mike Tonkovich, who is the Deer Program Administrator for the ODNR, and the topics are sort of unrelated we recorded them in one conversation, but I'm going to break it up into two episodes. So the first one is we basically talked to Mike about his predictions for the season, what he's expecting, what he's hoping for. He talks about some of the new changes this season with particularly the, the new game check process. And so he shares a ton of really good information in this one. I really think you're going to like this. We found it super, super helpful and interesting. So hopefully you guys get something out of this. And I know we always enjoy the conversations that we have with Mike and appreciate him taking time to come on and and talk to us and therefore share the information with all of you. So before we get into that, I want to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So Mastin's is a great deer scent company. The prices are good, the product is good, and for us, the closer we get to the rut, the more luck we seem to have with scents and things like that, and it's just, they just work. So they've got, you've heard me talk before, they've got a lot of what I'll call non-traditional products and non-traditional scents. So they have one that, that, uh, been playing around with recently called smell like a deer they've got um fighting mad and and different tarsal gland scents and things like that so they've just got a lot of options a lot of interesting things that i think are worth trying out like i said we we have had some early season success and some interesting uh findings with some of this stuff so if scent is something that you want to try or you want to experiment with I would encourage you to check out Mastin's. There'll be a link in the show notes to their website where you can order their product right from their website and have it shipped to your house. And with that, let's get into the conversation with Mike. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? Okay, on today's episode, we have Mike Tonkovich back on the podcast. So, Mike, I want to thank you for taking time again to come on and and chat with us today. Absolutely. Uh, my pleasure, Jason and, and Jeff. It's, uh, it's, it's great to be here. And so it's been a while. I, I look back and, uh, the, the two previous episodes we did with you were episode 22 and episode 26. And that, that 26 was back, I think February time frame. And so this, this I think is going to be episode 60. So we're up to episode 60 now. Wow. I thought I was the only one you guys interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, yeah, you burst we, my bubble here. I was thinking it was just us doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do a lot with just the three of us, but we've we've had some of your other colleagues on, and you know, we we talk turkeys and we talk 
controlled hunts with some other uh, division of wildlife employees. So that's awesome. They, well, that's yeah, great. they've been good. That's great. Well, that's that's pretty exciting. That's a that's a a, a pretty hefty uh, number of podcasts. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we've been uh, plugging along one a week. So good. So what I thought we would talk about. So we're we're recording this the Friday before the archery opener. And this is going to go live, not this coming Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. So I thought it would be a good time since we're right at the beginning of season to kind of talk about your thoughts, get your thoughts on this upcoming season, sort of, uh, I guess what your predictions are for the season. But before we get into that, I, I, I think it's important to talk about any changes that are, are, well, I guess are here now that we're into the season. Um, so are there any changes to regulations or things like that, that, that people need to be aware of? Yeah, Jason, there's actually a couple things that, that have come to mind immediately. Um, and are, they're worth, they're worth mentioning, even if they're in the digest and on the website, I think it's worth pointing out. One of the things that I'm probably uh, most excited about, uh, I guess, really, uh, for our hunter's sake, yours included, is the fact that we're going from a, an 18-digit confirmation number to a six-character code. So that's going to be really nice for folks that are trying to write that down with the headlamp on and they're shivering and it's raining out. Um, so so that's that's good news. We, we moved away from the 18-digit confirmation number um, to the six digit character, six character code. Uh, so that's, that's kind of exciting. But I think the other thing that probably is, uh, going to be helpful to a lot of guys. Um, I, I don't know that everybody, um, has ever completely settled in after we went to, um, you know, telecheck, if you will, uh, back in 2011 with the tagging system and multiple tags and carcass tags and antler tags and meat tags and so on and so forth tags. Yeah. And, um, Excited to announce, you know, the changes that that are going to take place this year. Um, Temporary tag, transport tag, whatever you grew up calling it. um, It's not necessary to attach that until you um, until you get to either a um, your home or you leave the deer, you know, or or you you can't leave. Basically, you can't leave the deer unattended without it without a tag on it. But you don't have to try and figure out how you're going to keep that tag in the deer's ear while you're heading down the highway at 70 miles an hour. so that's good. I think I think that'll simplify things for folks. Um, I just encourage everybody to take a look at the digest. Um, I think for a couple days it may have been incorrect on the permit. So anybody that that may have bought a permit early, I, I should mention this. We discovered that the tagging information on the permit was not completely accurate. In fact, it hadn't been updated. So um, I would encourage folks that um, uh, that bought a tag. Deer permit, I should say, early um, to disregard the tagging instructions. Uh, I think that information has since been corrected. But go to the website, pick up a digest, uh, it, just to make sure you're on the right page with everybody else. But the bottom line is, it really should simplify things for folks this year. Awesome. So, yeah, I, I had heard about the the changes in the temp tag, but I I had no clue about the going t- from the 18 digit to the six digit character code which makes me a a a happy happy hunter because where we hunt we get shoddy cell service and so 
you're trying to listen for this 18 digit code and the, the phone cuts out and yeah. it, it, it made it nice. You know, when you guys went to texting the code after, you know, you could choose to have the, the code texted to you after the call. Right. That was nice because, you know, we're, we're listening to the, the code like two and three times. Did I get it right? Did, do I have all the digits right? You know, and so yeah. a six digit code is going to be uh, very nice for us. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. pretty exciting for a lot of people. I think I know that I work at the deer processor and usually out there it takes three or four calls to get all 18 digits. <laughs> yeah. Between yeah. drop calls and whatnot. So. That's pretty exciting. You know, I know there was some, you know, it was one of those deals where we started out in 2011. We wanted to make those smart codes. We wanted everything to be in there um, that we that we could possibly include, but realized, you know, the practicality of it, it just made life really, really difficult, not only for you guys, but also for us. You know, for instance, you bring your deer to an inspection station. We're going to collect a tissue sample. Um, if we were relying on that 18-digit confirmation number exclusively as our means of contacting you um, and we had a digit wrong, you know, I, I guess we could, you know, we could probably figure it out, but two or three digits off um, and we're out of luck. So yeah. um, the more numbers you got, of course, as you as you would imagine, the more likely you're going to make a mistake. So that that's kind of exciting. The other thing that I'll mention, and I think that's probably going to cover the bulk of the big changes. Um, you may hear people still refer to the antlerless permit, but if you try to buy it, um, they may look at you cross-eyed and and uh, and let you know that it's actually the name of it changed from the antlerless permit to the uh, deer management permit. Um, so that other than that, nothing else is different about it. You guys might actually ha have purchased some of those for your hunts at, at uh, the metro parks because that would yep. be uh, that would be mm -hmm. there. And uh, but deer management permit rather than antlerless permit, um, six six digits rather than eighteen, and and simplified. Um, uh, tagging requirements, um, uh, really the only changes that come to mind uh, in terms of big changes. Okay. Can you expand, or, or I guess maybe give the reasoning behind the the wording change from an antlerless permit to a management permit? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question, Jason. It, it actually comes down to, um, it, it really, I think folks found it a, a little bit confusing having um, um, either sex, you know, it was funny folks <laughs> kind of have to back up a little bit, but you know, your entire life, you know, that Ohio, you can only kill a single buck. It doesn't matter if you hunt 16 controlled hunts, you hunt in four different counties, you hunt all weapon types. At the end of the day, you can only kill one buck. But yep. when that antlerless permit was introduced, somehow all of a sudden, it confused people about their ability to kill um, multiple bucks because it all of a sudden the antlerless permit kind of suggested that well the either sex permit um, is good for deer of either sex which means I can kill multiple bucks now I don't know if we made any cases but we surely had some really confused people so the that's not the best answer and, and I think the the law enforcement guys they had approached me. Um, early, early spring, late, late winter, I guess it was, about some ideas, you know, to, to change the name because it, it, it created some conflict. Um, I can't give you, uh, guys, I think what I'm realizing here is I can't give you a definite answer for that, but I, I think it just had to do with, um, really and truly, it, I think it had, it comes down to, at the end of the day, it, it just created confusion with um, the, the, either sex permit. I think that's really, it was kind yeah. of yeah. collateral effects, if you will. It, it, 
it left people thinking that you could kill multiple bucks because you could buy multiple either sex tags. Um, and, yeah, and I don't know if that's that's a poor answer. I'm going to be the first to admit that that's, that is a poor answer. But um, I generally don't argue with the law guys and management permit actually suits me just fine because it does. Uh, guys, if we move in a different direction, uh, we've talked about that before going to an analyst allocation. It, it makes sense to talk about management permits because that's what the additional while they'll be good only for antler steer, that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. They're designed to affect management. And so it suits it really well. It probably is a better name. In fact, if you guys dial back a few years, um, in the early 2000s, it was at one time we called it a special management antlerless permit. So we can we kind of combine the two there. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry for the confusion, but it I think – once we once we get to this, uh, you know, the, the management permit, I think it's going to stay. It will stick, and I think folks will get their uh, they'll get their head wrapped around it. And, and it makes it's intuitive, I guess. Sure. All right. So I want to pause this conversation real quick to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So I'm actually getting ready right after this to uh, go out to a property that I have to hunt access to hunt on and I've got some monster white tail grub out there and I'm going to take my three-year-old daughter out there with me and hopefully we can at least see a deer. I'm hoping that the uh, the monster white tail grub will bring them in and we can at least lay eyes on one. She would, she would be ecstatic about that. So it's a great feed product. We've had really, honestly, really good success with it. And if feed is something that, uh, you're interested in trying as a hunting strategy or just supplementing your deer to get them through then i would really encourage you to check out monster white tail grub they're a great company and they have a great product so there'll be a link in the show notes that's that's there, there should always be a link in the show notes to things that we that we talk about so that's where you're going to find their information and how to get a hold of them and try some of their product and now back to the episode yeah, I think it's going to clear up a lot of confusion with it being called a management uh, permit because I know of a lot of unexperienced hunters who were buying antlerless tags thinking they were valid across the state for antlerless deer and then basically come deer season and you know they're hunting down in Washington County or Hawking County and it's like, well take that permit you bought and throw it away because that's <laughs> not valid anymore. Um, so I think it'll clear up a lot of confusion with the inexperienced hunters, the out-of-state hunters. You know. Yeah, Jeff, I think you're right on. You're spot on there. And, and I am, um, I think we're going to have to, I'm going to, we're going to have to switch roles. You're going to have to be the guest and I'm going to have to be the host. <laughs> yeah. You answered that question better than I did. And that, that really, and truly, I, 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 I was struggling looking for that answer, but I wasn't coming up with it soon enough. That's for sure, because that that's precisely what it was. I, I think people just kind of lost sight of the fact that that permit, although valid in all counties at one time, um, we started you know, pairing it back the list of counties and folks kind of were ignoring it. And management sort of suggests that it has limited application. So good job, Jeff. Yeah, so, yeah no problem. So one other thing I want to circle back to, and, and maybe we can just walk through a scenario since since we're talking about the the 
temporary tag or, or you know, the meat tag or, or whatever we want to call it. So let's walk through a scenario to kind of clear up any confusion on the proper procedure for tagging a deer, making sure everything's on the up and up, right? So yeah, you've got a deer on the ground, you walk up to it, you should fill out the temp tag at that yeah. time or you don't need to anymore. No, you do. And that's, that's a great, that's a great question because I think what we should do, I'm, I'm going to look, I'm looking at the digest guys. I think that's to keep us all out of warm water. Let's, uh, let's just look at this. Cause that's a great question. Okay. Uh, fill in the deer or Turkey permit upon harvest with the date, time, county of kill. Okay. So that, that remains the same. Uh, the permit, what's different though, guys, is the permit may remain unattached until the hunter arrives at a residence or temporary lodging, okay? okay? Once the hunter leaves the game unattended, the completed permit or tag or confirmation code must be attached. So you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna complete the temporary tag um, when you uh, come up to the deer, just like you always would, okay? But you're not going to have to figure out whether or not it's going to be your shoelace this time or your, or your shirt tail that's, that you're going to try and use the fashion <laughs> some type of mechanism to keep it on the deer, put yeah. it in your pocket, grab the deer and, and, and head down the, you know, head down the trail to the, to the vehicle. Um, stop at the store. Uh, you're fine. As long as you're with the deer, uh, that kind of thing, you get it home. Um, you know, by at this point, you, you're more than likely going to have the deer completely, uh, checked anyway. Um, at that point, instead of the 18 digit confirmation code, um, you're going to have the six-digit character code with you, and, and you're going to be in good shape. So after we wrapped up this call, Mike wanted to make sure that the game check process, the new game check process, was clear and that we all had accurate information on this. So he sent us a document that basically runs through the new game check process. So I'm basically going to read through this, and that way you guys will have it. You can refer back to it, listen to it a couple times, take notes. I'm also going to include this information in the article that we write to accompany this episode. So you should be able to find that in the show notes, a link to that, or just go to ohiohuntsman.com and search for the episode number, and you should be able to track it down that way. So here we go. The reference to a game tag or temporary tag has been removed. Hunters are no longer required to attach a tag to their deer or turkey as long as they accompany their harvest. Deer and turkey are required to have a permit or confirmation code attached if the carcass is left unattended, in possession of another, or at a residence or temporary lodging until processing. This is about the confirmation number change. The confirmation number has been shortened to a six-character code. Letters and numbers are used in the code. The last two digits will always be the season year. Now this is about the game check process, so number one, once a hunter kills a deer or turkey before moving the carcass, the hunter must either fill in the deer or turkey permit, landowners must create a tag and include their name, date, time, and county of kill, or submit harvest information to game check and record the confirmation code. Two, as long as the hunter remains with the carcass in the field, the animal does not need to have a tag attached. 3. If the hunter leaves the carcass unattended, in possession of another, or once he or she arrives at a residence or lodging, the carcass needs to be tagged with either deer and turkey permit, 
or landowner tag or the confirmation code. Four, all hunters who harvest a deer or turkey are still required to complete the game check process and receive a confirmation code. The code must remain with the animal and its parts. Hunters are reminded to take their harvest information and permit number with them if they are checking their game at a licensed agent. And then here's some additional information. A hunter may complete game check without filling out their permit or making a landowner tag. However, the hunter may not move the carcass until either the permit or landowner tag is filled out, or the game check information has been submitted and the game check confirmation number recorded. A hunter may shoot a second deer without attaching a permit, landowner tag, or confirmation code to the first deer as long as the deer permit or landowner tag has been filled out or the harvest information has been submitted to game check for the first deer. However, if the hunter is going to leave the first deer unattended or with someone else, it needs to be tagged with either the permit or landowner tag or confirmation code. A hunter may assist another hunter after harvesting a deer or turkey. However, before leaving the carcass unattended, it must be tagged with either the deer or turkey permit or confirmation code. Also, the hunter must have a copy, either electronic on their phone or a printed copy of the deer or turkey permit while assisting another hunter. A hunter may butcher a deer or turkey in the woods as long as the game check confirmation code has been received. Hunters may carry their deer and turkey permits electronically, however, they will need to complete the game check and receive a confirmation code before moving the carcass or before continuing to hunt. So that's the end of the document. Hopefully that makes everything super clear and answers any questions you guys had. And now we're going to jump back into the episode. I think it's going to, as I said, I think, I think for, for most folks, it's going to be a, a welcome change. Yeah. I'm, I know for us, it's, yeah. we're looking forward to it because there's been plenty times where, you know, you, you drag a deer off the hill and you get back to the cabin and it's like, oh, my temp tag got ripped out of the ear or you had it wrapped around the antler or something. And, you know, at some point, briars drug it out or you know and you're like oh geez i don't know where that thing went and you know so that'll be that'll be nice and we actually we actually had guys completing you know putting the the actual permit um in the ear and attaching that was very common as well um so it, it hopefully this will this will clear things up for a lot of folks and and i think admittedly we we knew that uh some simplification was was needed um and and it, I think this this is still going to allow our officers to do the job they need to do, uh, and and equally importantly, um, make life easier for our hunters. Okay, so I guess then to transition into m- maybe the first topic I mentioned, so we're going to give you the opportunity to to kind of look into your crystal ball here and uh, give us your predictions or or maybe your expectations. Or, or maybe just what you're you're hoping to uh, the conclusion of the 2019-2020 deer season to be. So if you if you want to talk about that at all, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm already committed, guys. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, I've been quoted as saying we're having a tremendous season. Um, so let's keep our fingers. I like crossed. to hear that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I I in my heart of hearts, I believe that uh, barring 
any major weather events, because I honestly, guys, I think that's about the only thing that could tip the scales uh, against me this year would be um, in that in terms of that prediction would be would be a major weather event um, during most of our big days or, you know, gun season. Um, we can look at let's let's take a look, kind of go through the list of things that that really matter and affect this year's season uh, populations. Obviously, that's the first place to start. Um, last year, um, you know, we, we, well, let's back up 15 and 16, the regulations we had in place in those two years were designed to encourage herd growth and, and from all indications, uh, except harvest, interestingly enough, um, all indications, uh, that's precisely what happened last year's harvest, uh, was off just over 7%. And a lot of that was due to a very, very poor gun season throughout, throughout most of the state, um, we ended up killing about 172,000 deer, but that was well below our expectations. And and I think you guys uh, know well enough that that you know if a deer gets through a season, uh, especially an older deer, uh, chances are really good. I mean, in 90% plus that it's going to make it around to the next the start of the next season. So even if our deer population was stable, just the sheer carryover, if you will, those deer that did that did not get harvested that were there. Um, and available for harvest, but because of weather precluded it, those deer will, car- will carry forward. We'll have those deer um, in addition to uh, the population, um, uh, even even if it was just a stable pot, if, even if we had zero growth, those deer will carry forward. But I think on top of that, it's fair to say that we're going to see, uh, we did see some population growth, and that should translate to even that many more deer. Uh, generally, just about everywhere in the state, I, I can't... Um, uh, I can't uh, come up with any reason why any pockets in the state would would see um, a reduction in the deer population this year. Um, so, so numbers wise, all else being equal, we got, we're going to have more deer in most every um, area of the state uh, to hunt this fall. Um, and, and again, data uh, verify that, data support that, um, various metrics that we've been looking at. Um, you know, the crops are always an issue, not everywhere in the state, but standing corn can be a major factor. I think most everybody recognizes that that should not be much of an issue this year. Of course, I think what I heard from the National Agricultural Statistics Service is that Ohio uh, producers planted a third less corn this year. Um, I'm guessing that uh, because of the weather that we had this fall um, and, the, and the dry season so far that, you know, much of that corn is probably going to be off. What was out there is going to be off. So that shouldn't affect our our hunters and that are that could be plagued by standing corn, um, mass crop. That's another interesting one. Uh, and of course, uh, you've got to you know you got to recognize that we've got forty four thousand square miles in the state. We survey thirty eight wildlife areas, and and the data that I'm about to share with you is from those thirty eight wildlife areas. So the minute I tell you this, you know either you're going to agree or you're going to know someone that's going to disagree because they just <laughs> you know, they saw something completely different. But for what it's worth. Uh, I will share with you uh, the, the results from this mass survey, which can affect uh, archery hunting success tremendously, um, both positively and negatively. Um, the, the archers uh, should be uh, excited to hear that the mass crop, unfortunately for the you know the deer that depend on that, that's a big part of their diet. Um, it looks like, again, based on our survey, um, mass crop is largely uh, a bust this year um, across most of the areas that we surveyed. Uh, for instance, white oaks, one in five white oak trees that were surveyed this year um, had acorns on them. 
And of those trees that had acorns, you know, just a small percentage of the crown was actually covered with acorns. Red oaks, less than less than that, uh, about one in six red oaks that were surveyed actually had acorns. So it looks like, again, and I, I was telling someone in the lobby today, and they immediately said, oh, that's not that's not what I'm seeing. And so I, <laughs> I was very quick to point out, I'm sure that's not what a lot of people are seeing, but that's, yeah. that's what we're telling you across 38 wildlife areas that we surveyed. Um, so that should, that should bode well for uh, archery hunter success this fall, no doubt. Um, the last thing that we probably should consider uh, is hemorrhagic disease. As you guys well know, that can have a significant local, localized impact. You might see uh, some serious die-offs. We confirmed uh, today, uh, we added uh, two more counties to the list where we've had uh, a confirmation of hemorrhagic disease. Those would be, uh, we're up to Morrow, not tomorrow, but Morrow, um, Logan County, Knox County, Warren County, Claremont County, and Butler County. Those are the six counties that we've actually been able to confirm hemorrhagic disease. Now, we've had reports uh, from a number of other counties uh, around the state of, you know, suspicious-looking deer, you know, deer in ponds and deer in creeks and deer in rivers. Um, this is the time of year, of course. But so far, um, no major you know, those, those, those counties that I mentioned, no major die-off, just a deer here and a deer there, and we were able to get them to the lab and, and were able to confirm it. Um, I will also mention there in Butler County, um, we were able to confirm, or ODA, I should say, was able to confirm it in a captive uh, herd as well. So six counties, it's interesting that it's local central Ohio and southwest Ohio. That's really, we've heard nothing from your neck of the woods um, and really nothing out of southeast and northwest Ohio. Okay. So when you look at all of those, you look at weather, you look at population. Well, we weather's really the only wild card right now, but you look at population strong. You look at um, uh, the mass survey that suggests that acorns are going to be limited this year, which should help hunter success. Um, standing corn, not an issue. Um, I think all of those factors. I was joking with someone the other day. I said, you know, you'd have to work really hard to not do well this year. So hopefully, hopefully I'm right. Um, <laughs> I, um, you'd have to, you'd have to go out of your way to avoid deer this year. I think I, that's, that, I'm sure that's an overstatement, but I think what I'm, what I'd like to say, I think Ohio hunters are, are really, uh, you know, should be in for a great season this fall. Awesome. Awesome. I'm super happy to hear that. So yeah, no, I'm hopeful that we can talk about this again in February. <laughs> yeah. And, and you'll be like, Mike, why did we only kill 160,000 deer? <laughs> right they were behind yeah. the soybeans it was the soybeans yeah 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 that's what it was yeah all right uh jeff anything you want to touch on there before we we pivot to our next topic no no i'm excited for this deer season yeah so and, i and I, I think it's going to be a good one um so yeah and I'm I'm glad, Mike, that you mentioned the wet spring because we actually did an episode where uh, Jeff had reached out to a couple different of the ag extension, the, the Ohio State Ag Extension and some of our, our local uh, offices. And and it was it was pretty, you know, because of the wet spring, you know, there, there were some pretty staggering numbers on not getting crops in and, and things like that. So that that's kind of an interesting tie in from a previous episode that we did. Yeah, you know, and, and the plus side of that, um, I don't know that 
I, I don't know that I've actually seen published literature, published literature on that, guys. But I think the wet spring obviously means great um, um, vegetation, you know, for, for not only growing antlers, but also raising fawns. Um, so so the, 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 the wet spring isn't all bad. Obviously, it didn't help our farmers, and that's unfortunate, right. um, especially in northwest Ohio. You know, there were several counties, Henry and, and Wood County, a number of counties up that way that were hit hard couldn't get corn in the ground. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, that, that, that all that water, um, I think went a long way towards uh, providing good batch of fresh Forbes, uh, well into, you know, at least the early summer. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear your report. I, I hope your prediction comes true and we all have a great, uh, a great 2019 season. And yeah. I'm excited about the the other changes with the tagging and the six digit code. That's I think those are all positive changes that, like you said, that are going to be helpful and you know be welcome changes. So that'll be nice. Good, good, good. So now the next thing that we wanted to talk about was crossbows. All right, so we're going to leave you with a little teaser, little cliffhanger. Like I said at the beginning, you'll have to come back next week for the second part of this conversation with Mike. And you're going to want to come back and listen to it because it was another, as always, super interesting conversation and we really enjoyed it. So if you like this content, if you enjoy this kind of stuff, share it to social. That way we know, tag us in the post. And one, it helps get the word out to other people in the in Ohio and in the hunting community. And two, it lets us know that you like this kind of stuff and you want more of this kind of stuff. So... That would be really that would be really helpful to us, and I would appreciate that. The other thing you could do is, if you're looking for some swag, you can go to OhioHuntsman.com and go to the merch section, and we've got Ohio Huntsman shirts. We've got Eat Local shirts, so it's it's the the state of Ohio with a nice buck inside the state of Ohio. It says Eat Local. We've got the home and hunt shirts so the hunt is the word hunt and then the u is replaced with the outline of ohio with a a a buck's head in it and the home shirt is the same thing except the o in home is replaced with the outline of ohio with the buck head but it's better if you just go to the website and look at them you can see them and uh order product there we've also got decals so if that's something you're looking for lots of cool stuff and uh that's also where all the content for Ohio Huntsman lives on ohiohuntsman.com. So, with that, thank you everybody for listening and uh, good luck this season. Mm-hmm.